0: Drowning in status updates and lost in endless emails? Break free with ClickUp.com, the one app to replace them all. Imagine a world where your team collaborates effortlessly in one
1: shared space. No more chaos, just ClickUp. Your projects, tasks, and communication unified at last. Transform how you work with customizable views, seamless integration, and real-time updates. ClickUp is your shortcut to more productive days and happier teams. Join the millions of productive teams already streamlining their workflow.
2: Now get 0% APR or up to $1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Game time with Boomer Esiason. This week's guest is the greatest wrestler of all time and 16-time world champion, the nature boy,
0: Ric Flair. guest is a 16-time champion who's considered by many both inside and outside the sport to be the greatest professional wrestler of all time now for his accomplishments in the ring career that spans nearly four decades and he's been enshrined in the wwe hall of fame twice Once for himself, then, of course, as a member of the legendary Four Horsemen, it is my pleasure to welcome the Nature Boy, the one and only Rick Flair to Game Time. And Rick, it is so great to see you again. How are you these days?
1: I'm great, Boomer. Great seeing you.
0: You have a way with words, Rick. And I've been around you and I've watched you perform and I've seen you up close and personal. You're amazing how things just come like off the top of your head. And, you know, you do have a famous, complete style and profile and description of yourself. Can you actually do that for me right now?
1: You mean about the whole limousine riding or just yes, style yes. and profile? It?
0: Can you do it? Style and profile. I am.
1: The Rolex Wear It. Woo! Diamond ring wearing, limousine riding, jet flying, kiss stealing, styling and profiling, kissing all the women and make them cry, son of a gun that's having a hard time on Boomer's show, hold my, hold my
0: alligators down. Woo! I love it, man. You are definitely a entertainer. There is no question uh, about that. I have really a good question for you. I'm sure you've never heard this one before. Is wrestling fake? I mean, what what is it about it that actually draws so many eyes and so many people to it?
1: Re- wrestling is choreographed, but it's far from fake. If it was fake, we wouldn't have nearly the number of injuries, some that have been really severe over the years. Um, can't ever deny the fact that it's choreographed, but it's, as you know, and I'm sure you've been you've been there firsthand. It's um, it's a really physical. You know, non-ending because we're 365 days a year. Well, now now they're about 300 days a year, probably maybe 285 to 300. But it's everyday wear and tear on your body. Not just the travel. You know, they talk about with football and baseball how they travel and they have a day off. Or there, it's we, we we travel. We don't have a day off. And uh, you know, if they're not 60-minute matches, all of them they were for me in in, um, in my prime, but. Yeah, there are 20, 30-minute matches every night, and you pack up, you go back to the hotel, you get on the first plane the next day, and you're somewhere else, when you do it again.
0: You know, it's amazing, Rick. I was in the, um, the ring with a former teammate of mine, the late, great Flying Brian Pillman. Uh, you remember Flying Brian. He actually was the roommate to John Harbaugh at the University of Miami. He played one year with the Bengals as my teammate, and then when he came back to wrestle... Uh, In Cincinnati, I would go down. I would be in his corner as his manager. So I would buy into all this, and I would see everything. And he used to tell me that after his matches were over, that he felt worse after a wrestling match than a football game because of the amount of effort he would put into it and the things that he became known for, diving off the top ropes of the rings like a
1: maniac. Yeah, but Brian was a high flyer. He uh, He was extreme before the word extreme really became a a huge part of our business. Phenomenal athletic ability. um, And he was doing stuff, you know, off the top rope, which automatically adds double the impact from the height of the blow. But he was diving on the floor, diving on tables and doing stuff way ahead of before it became, you know, almost a daily routine in the matches now.
0: We're just getting warmed up with the great Ric Flair. Stay with us as game time continues right after this.
1: The doctor walked out and he said, um, or not the doctor, the ambulance attendant and said, um, I don't know what the tape didn't make it this time. And I, 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 I
2: my life just went upside down. Welcome back to Game Time with Boomer Esiason.
0: Welcome back to Game Time. It's no exaggeration to say that Rick Flair faced obstacles in his life right from birth. He was given away for adoption as part of an infamous baby kidnapping scandal fronted by the Tennessee Children's Home Society. And, and Rick, you know, years later, 60 Minutes did an expose of this horrible child trafficking scam that went on there. Uh, your biological mother was a part of this. Did you ever get a handle on how all of this happened and how it happened to you?
1: I just didn't get that wrapped up in it. You know, I it just become like, you know, part of the history of my career, my life, but I never got that wrapped up. In it. I know the details, um, uh, but I never reached out um, to uh, find my mother and my father. And uh, I actually have a brother that reached out to me after he saw my 30 for 30, um, reached out to my wife and said, you know, do you want to get together? And I just, you know, yeah, I, I don't even know what I would say to them. I wasn't being rude. I just, I, I don't have to, I don't I don't dwell on the past.
0: I was going to say the silver lining through all of this is that, that your adoptive parents were so supportive to you yes. and you were lucky to have them, right?
1: Yes, exactly.
0: So when did you get interested in wrestling?
1: Well, I uh, was playing football in, in Wisconsin and I got recruited by Wisconsin, um, Michigan, Minnesota, <laughs> Lawrence University up at Appleton near Green Bay. About, you know, I guess, 12 schools. I can't remember all of them. Oh, Iowa. So I went on a trip to, um, you'll like this. I went on a trip to Ann Arbor and uh, I stayed in the beta house with uh, Dan Deerdorf and um, Jim Mandish, names <laughs> really? from the past, wow. right? Yes. And well, uh, Bump was the coach then. Pete was the AD, and um, I loved it. I had a great time. I signed a letter, of, you know, I signed a letter of intent, and then um, my academic advisor wouldn't write, would not write a letter to the school, which was mandatory then. That he thought I could predict a grade point that would keep me there. So I ended up going to Minnesota with Mike McGee. Do you remember that name yeah, from I the sure past? Knew, yeah. Right. Yeah, Mike, you know, he got he played at Duke, won the Outland Award Trophy, and then uh, broke his neck playing with the Cardinals. You know who I'm talking about, right? Yes, yes, yes. Became, became an AD at uh, uh, USC and then finally at uh, South Carolina here. So I ran into Mike over the years. But he was the offensive line coach from Warmath. Math. I went there. Uh, I ran a very slow 40. So I went from being a linebacker to an offensive guard in one day. And then everything was going great until summer school. (laughs) And they wanted me to go to summer school for six weeks. (laughs) I made it two days.
0: (laughs) So I can understand why you got involved in wrestling. Yeah, now I can understand why you got involved in wrestling. And this is where you, I guess, meet Vern Gagne, right?
1: Well, his son was a good friend of mine in college. Greg, Greg started in Minnesota, transferred to Wyoming. Vern gave me the opportunity to try out I quit three times. It was so hard. It <laughs> was nothing like I envisioned it, and uh, you know the workout and the preparation for it was was really intense. And Vern, you know, I don't know if I know much about him, was a really intense guy. Um, you know, a national champion.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Collegiately, played for the Packers, but a really tough guy that uh, just pushed us to the max. He wanted to make sure that we. Yeah, you we know, we were able to to leave his school with his graces that we didn't let him down, and that when we performed and conducted ourselves, and we were in shape, to, you know, to tackle this this insane world of pro wrestling.
0: Well, that is Rick. That is what you call dedication. And he built it into you, and you built an empire because of him. So we'll be back with Rick Flair with more right after these messages.
2: Brought to you by the Ford Bronco Sport built Ford Tough. It's time for a change. Instead of working from home, work from your luxury suite at Midtown Manhattan's crown jewel, the Kimberley Hotel. Now offering special monthly rates with the most impeccable safety and hygiene protocols to keep you safe. You're watching Game Time with Boomer Esiason.
0: On my New York radio show, the commissioner of the major sports get blasted all the time and they're often pummeled in social media. But the head of the WWE, Vince McMahon, sometimes received more than just verbal shots from one of his biggest stars, and that was Ric Flair, who would step in the ring from time to time with the great Vince McMahon. What kind of guy was Vince for you to fight against?
1: Well, I can't say enough great things about Vince McMahon. He's a boomer. He's a man among men. He's not intimidated. Uh, if he is, at least first of all, he's never intimidated. But if he has something that would have to weigh heavy on his mind, he never sells it. He never shows. I asked him one time, and I've told this story before. I said, "How do you, how do you carry the? You know, how do you walk around? You know, normal when you know Because, you know there's big things that come along in our careers, or you know, about crises that go on with it." at that level of ownership and he looked at me one time and said I I, I I, can't uh I can't ever look like I'm having a rough day Rick because I got you know 350 people to depend on me and if I if I'm if I'm walking around with a bad attitude it reflects not only on me as a leader but you know the other people are wondering and um, I would never second guess him he's he's battled everything and uh I I I know you know it because you're a casual fan, but he is really the the he is the rate he is the reason I actually believe that sports entertainment is at the level that it's at
0: Yeah, I was going to ask you how much credit does he deserve for making the WWE a mainstream obsession with its fan base, and and how he has reached out and touched the fans using you guys as the wrestlers and the conduit between the two.
1: Well, it, and here's the thing: it's global. It's not just. I mean, we are we are huge in India, China, everywhere. I mean, people love wrestling, and you know, be not and for football, in which I know you're banking on us. We all are. We just so thankful to finally get this COVID behind us. Hopefully, and keep it behind us so the fans can come out. But for him, he just everything that we've done, at, at, at the other sports have taken. Our WrestleMania, if you look at your Super Bowls back in the 80s compared to where they are now and the presentations and the entertainment and the music and the pyro and everything, that, that all came from Vince McMahon. It all came from wrestling and people that kid themselves. Even the NBA All-Star Game now is more about entertainment than it is the game. And, uh, and there's a reason why. that uh, He combines the two, but at the end of the day, he brings great athletes to the table that put on great performances. And, uh, you know, there's a good guy and a bad guy, just like there is in sports, uh, in, in football. And uh, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm thrilled to know him. All right,
0: we'll be back more in a moment with the great Ric Flair. Stay with us.
2: Welcome back to Game Time with Boomer Esiason.
0: Welcome back, everyone. Ric Flair's youngest son, Reed, looked up to his father and followed in his father's footsteps as a pro wrestler. Tragically, in March of 2013, he was found dead, the victim of drug overdose at the tender age of 25. And I know this is tough to talk about, Rick. Um, do you feel like you could have done more f- for Reed knowing what he was dealing with?
1: Um, I don't, I don't know, because it's, I've never really had a chance to explain what we did do for him. I mean, um, he was in, um, I think a total of six rehab centers and every time, you know, he, he came back and it was, you know, it was the same story. Well, he, he, this time is, it's, it's good. He's going to make it right. And then, um, you know, for one reason or another, um, I, I I tell you what I refuse to do. And I do blame myself for this. And this was the answer is that their theory in, 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 rehabilitation of someone with problems like that is that you kick them to the curb. Is their expression? In other words, let them bottom out, throw them out of the house, leave them in jail. Um, um, and, uh, no, oh, I, I, I left him in jail, his mom got him out. I didn't think jail would be that bad, but his mom got him out. He probably would have served maybe 90 days, but his mom got him out and, and we had an argument about that. And, and that's another interesting part of that equation. It's impossible to coexist as a, as a it's very difficult for a husband and a wife to coexist because their opinions are so different and women are more sensitive, which they should be as their child. You know, men, sometimes you take a harder edge to it, but I could never let him bottom out. And so if that, if, if, if that's a problem, I mean, I know what it, it came across in my 30 for 30, like, and they always edit it the way they want to, so they, they want it to look bad or they want it to look good. Um, I just said when he was 21 years old, he'd been in rehab centers, and unbeknownst to so many people, he had been on life support three different times prior. I mean, serious life support um, where the doctor called me and then you know that gauge they put on your finger to monitor your oxygen level? Yes. His oxygen was at 34 for 24 hours. So the doctor called me and Mm -hmm. said, if he wakes up, Rick, he'll be Mm -hmm. brain dead. And I just want you to understand that he'll he'll probably have lost the use of his limbs. He woke up and he was perfectly fine. And I looked at the doctor, I said, how is this possible? He said, I don't know, Rick, it's a miracle. Mm -hmm. When he came home, I took him to Japan and I, you know, got him started there and he did really well and when I left, left him, I said, let me tell you something. They put Paul McCartney in jail here for smoking marijuana. And he's a lot bigger star than you. So you know where you're at. You do something, you know, any, any attempt to do anything like this in Japan. And he came back 12 weeks later, he wanted to go to WrestleMania. I brought him back. I was watching the NCAA tournament, I think the year that Villanova won with him at Del Frisco's in Charlotte. And he wasn't drinking or anything went back to his room and uh my wife went back and uh wanted to get some advil from knocked on the door he gave her the advil so i went back as the conclusion of the game we were leaving at seven the next day to go uh i had a, a two shows booked with a friend of mine named steve Perkins. he was going to make a thousand dollars a night and uh then we were going right into new york for wrestlemania and I knocked on the door. He didn't wake up. I knocked and I said, "Read, I'm coming in." And there he was, purple. Uh-huh. Now I've seen that before, Boomer, and uh, you know, in Charlotte, it's a big town, but it's a small town. Nine one one, same people, same police, same emergency team, and uh, the guy came in and said, "Rick, well, you know, you, have, you know the you know the drill. You have stuff out in the hall." And I thought, okay, God, this is. I was calling everybody that i knew when the doctor walked out and he said um or not the doctor the ambulance attendant and said um, i don't know what to tell you didn't make it this time and I, I i i my life just went upside down
0: i appreciate the pain and i can hear uh the heartache in your voice and how difficult it is to talk about it i, I think our viewers appreciate you telling the story all right, we're going to be back in a moment with some final cage match questions right after this for the great Ric Flair. Rick, that was unbelievable, man.
2: Drive into Manhattan for an unforgettable staycation at Midtown Manhattan's luxurious Kimberly Hotel. Treat yourself to New York City without the crowds, protected by our highest safety and hygiene protocols to keep your family safe. It's game time with Boomer Esiason.
0: All right, we're back with Ric Flair, who says, In my life, uh, I'm a movie star, a rock star, a sports star, all wrapped into one, and he's worked harder than anybody else. And I can say, for a fact, that I've seen it up close and personal. We just got uh, done talking about your son, Reed, and, and his issues. You also have a daughter, Ashley, who is known to wrestling fans as Charlotte. You brought her into my studio in New York a few years back. A lovely gal, and she's doing great. I'm sure you're very proud of what she's become.
1: It's more than being proud. It's just to see her as a spectacular athlete in college, um, who literally just got involved in wrestling. She loved to come to the events I was in, but didn't live you know, to be a wrestler. I know I'm the proud father, but she's arguably the best performer, <laughs> male or female in the WWE. And there's not a lot of people that can argue that.
0: You know, I'm to ask you, I was going to ask you who the best wrestler is up today. I think you just answered that question, so we won't have to go into that. Uh, you
1: know, there's, a, there's, there's a lot. I'm not taking a, any credit from any of them, but, I mean, the guys know that when you're a level nine gymnast, four-time All-American cheerleader, and you can play Division one sport in three different sports, and you choose volleyball, yeah. you don't start playing until you're in the ninth grade. It's it, it, it biggest That As you know, being a college athlete, They don't give away scholarships.
0: You know, Rick, final question for me is, after talking to you and listening to your your stories from start to finish, they're amazing. What do you want your legacy to be known as?
1: I want to be remembered as somebody that, you know, was a positive influence in our business. Um, I'm not hung up on that greatest wrestler of all time thing anymore. That was me and Bret Hart and a bunch of other guys.
0: Well, that was all orchestrated. What's not orchestrated is your life and your honesty. Our thanks to Ric Flair for joining us today and to all of you for watching. on Boomer Esiason, and I'll see you again soon right here on Game Time. You said it's one thing to be a good guy. It's another thing to be a heel. Which one did you enjoy more? Heel. I
1: mean, I'm alive. a much better heel. I'm Why a, is that? I'm a, because my skills offensively as a good guy are very limited. <laughs> <laughs> I I get I get beat up much better than I beat people up.